welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. And we are the modern podcast for the modern entrepreneur. I know we have a lot of listeners in the industry, outside of the industry, people with their hands in it, trying to make it work and people just wondering what is going on in marketing help. So welcome to the show. I've got an excellent guest for you. And uh, without any further ado, welcome, Stoney. Hi there. Thanks Hi. for having me. Hi. So this is Stoney McGuider. And I have to say, if you ever are going to forget how to say this interesting name, Nike is for Schweiky Media because we met through the owner, um, the, someone who worked at, Sh- at Schweiky Media. I am going to remember your name, Stoney, always because it rhymes with MacGyver. Yes, without the M at front, though, I was called MacGyver quite a bit growing up, not for <laughs> my skills, but just because it was a close match. Okay, so you're not really handy with a hairpin in a bind? Uh, I'm not handy with anything but a keyboard and mouse. <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. That's We're going to talk about that today, so it's it's all right. So, Stony DeGuider, that's an interesting name. I'm sure when people meet you, it's like, oh, yeah, I already I know I met you. And, you know, with a name like Priscilla, I get that, too. Sometimes we get stuck. People remember meeting us, but it's sometimes hard to remember names that are more common. Do you get that experience too? I do. I meet a lot of people at conferences and I wish I was better at names and faces than I am. And, and you see that look where they, they know you and you're like, oh, oh crap, I'm supposed to know who you are. I should probably know your wife's name. I should probably know where your kids go to school, but I don't remember any of that. And I, you know, you just shake their hand and say, how have you been? <laughs> Well, you just move on, just move on. So, Stoney, we're going to talk a little bit about some of your expertise, but I want to let my audience know how we got to know each other. And um, you were also featured in an article from Schweiky Media that I brought up. Uh, David Reimer reached out to you. He reached out to me and asked other content and online digital marketing experts this year to give him a sense of what's on our mind and what we think is actually going to be of meaning and value in the marketing landscape in 2017. And you were featured on that blog. And so was I. So I got to know you from there. I do. I want to get into just in a few minutes what you actually said on that blog. You're probably going, oh, my gosh, what did I say? I am. <laughs> you are. Okay, I'll go pull it up for you. But it was interesting. I wanted you to elaborate on that a little bit. But I like to start when I have a guest on my podcast by letting my audience know a little bit about you, a little bit about me. And it's my favorite part of the podcast where we have like the Venn diagram of Stony and Priscilla. So mm-hmm. where do our worlds collide and where do they not connect? So I do you have some kind of a fun fact that this is not possible for me to have in common with you? Uh, well, unless you have had run-ins with the Russian mafia, no. then... <laughs> I'm going to say no to that, or yet, as they would say. Well, and you're probably better off for it. Oh, right. Okay. So tell me a little bit about your, I don't know, would you call them connections to the Russian mob, or is it a run-in? More of a run-in. I was moving across the country, hired a a moving company, and they, they, you know, were supposed to deliver your stuff, and, you know, they give you a window, and that window came, and it went, and my stuff never got delivered. And so I'm calling, I'm trying to find out, and... Finally, I'm reporting them to the authorities, and the DA gets back to me and says, oh, yeah, yeah, we know this company. Uh, <laughs> and they're, they're telling me all about that this happens a lot, that they hold people's stuff for ransom, and they're, they're tied to the Russian mafia, and I had to, um, they finally actually able, were, delivered my stuff, but I had to call the cops, let them know 
so the cops could follow the truck when they left and pull oh them over gosh. and do all that kinds of stuff. And it was an interesting experience. Well, see, I wouldn't mind if someone like absconded with my things for a while, as long as when it came back, like, could they just like have sorted through it and gotten rid of the things I should have gotten rid of before I packed? But I'm assuming that it just came to you as is. Yeah, it came to me. And actually, I, I came out on the higher end of that because all of the moving blankets that they used to pack my furniture, mm-hmm. they didn't bother to take those off the furniture <laughs> so they left them and I have them in my basement I use them all the time well don't tell anybody that on a podcast because then all your friends will be calling you to move them next time oh my truck just broke I yeah think. okay there you go <laughs> ding 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 that's the winner <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> well we have in common being featured on this expert marketing blog and yes I do not have a run-in story with the mob but when I got to know you and saw your name which you let me know was the Belgian, which is interesting. I don't run into a lot of Belgians. But Me neither. I, <laughs> you don't either? That's no, okay. I don't. <laughs> they, uh, I, I went to boarding school in Germany. So did you go to boarding school in Germany? No, nope, can't okay. say I did. See, now we're, now we're working our Venn diagram. And I learned French from a German lady named Frau Tisha. So this is my connection. This is why I use this fun fact today, because... When I go to Belgium, I speak French, but with, as they say, a German accent. Huh. So it's it's my good Belgian trick. I'm like, I feel like I fit in a little bit more. So you don't go to Belgium much? You don't have a lot of connection with your family there? No, I've never been to Belgium, but I do eat their waffles. So okay. I think that counts for something. <laughs> I think that counts. I, I think it absolutely counts. Well, we could talk about Belgian waffles. And believe me, with my podcasting director, a lot of times we probably would digress into that. <laughs> but let's talk about what we had in the middle of the Venn diagram in common. So your expertise, tell everybody a little bit about what you do at Pole Position, why people are calling on you for expertise, what's really your sweet spot in what you do in marketing? Uh, Yeah, Pole Position Marketing is a digital marketing uh, agency. I started it in 1998, just the same year Google started. And I like to think, you know, we're paralleling on those growth trajectories. Right. (laughs) But it's not quite. Not quite, but Um, real close. That's good. Right, yeah. Um, You know, we serve enterprise-level businesses, uh, medium-sized, and and even some small businesses. Um, In our job, we like to call it web presence optimization because it's not just SEO. We're not optimizing just for search engines um, or to get rankings or anything else, but we're optimizing the entire web presence, which means the social media, the content, the usability, the analytics. And, and we even recently, within the last few years, started doing web design because we saw the need there. So many companies were coming to us with websites that just got designed, and we said, look, it was done wrong. Now you have to go back, you have to change this, this, and this. It's going to cost you all kinds of money. And, you know, if they'd only come or, you know, had somebody do it to begin with that was search engine friendly, then it would have cost them a lot less and the marketing would have been able to take off sooner. So we saw the need there and said, look, let's just do this. And we approached that from the marketing foundation, you know, and we, we do good design and good development, but it's all designed to make sure it serves the purpose of the marketing because that's what's most important. Yeah, it's a business. They're online. And and it is interesting how much that's overlooked so much um, so 
that your book, The Best Damn Web Marketing Checklist, period, <laughs> love, <laughs> I love this title. Just let's get right to it, people. This is what it is, no doubt. It's in your hands. Right. This, is, this is what you're doing. So obviously this comes from a real, you know, from a lot of experience that you have. Look, there has to be absolutely fundamentals taken care of in web design and in your web presence as a business. So could we quit looking at it as like an add-on or a later on thing for your business and get it done right the first time? That's that's what I hear from your take. So what is it that you're asked most often from companies? You know, that's a, that's a tough question. I mean, because so many people want to know different things. Um, but I think the biggest struggle that people have with web marketing overall is the cost. Uh, you know, it, it's not like people saying, oh, how much? I mean, they are. And it, it, that's kind of like saying, well, how much is a car? They, they range. It depends on you know, what you want and what you need and, and all that. Uh, but really trying to understand the value behind the cost and you know, what, what, what the results of that are going to be. Mm-hmm. And with, with marketing, every year, it seems to get more and more difficult to do digital marketing cheaply. Um, <laughs> you, know, you got social media now. And now content is huge and important. And the search engines, you know, as, as every new avenue comes up, they're trying to factor those avenues into the search results, which means you can't just do SEO anymore. Right. You have to do SEO and content, SEO and social, and all of these things have to be added in. So every every new piece is an additional expense and a cost to that, but it's a necessary component to getting the success that you want. Do you think that it is primarily because of the amount of information that's out on the web that it is just so noisy and so that as that just continues to grow that that's the main problem or do you feel that it's a technology problem? Well, I mean... My background is on the search engine side. So, you know, it's the whole algorithmic thing of what are the search engines looking for so you can get your site to rank and, and get that traffic. And over the last couple of years, I've kind of began to realize um, that what the search engines are doing is not, it, it, you know, we look at search engine rankings as the, as the goal. I want to get top 10, top 5, number 1. But really, the goal is to build a site that gives your visitors what they want, and the rankings are the trophy. Mm-hmm. That's just the reward for saying, hey, job well done, over here. Don't don't focus on getting the trophy. Focus on doing the job, and you'll get the trophy when, you know, when the time comes. I think this is why you and I connect on that same idea about content, because we are experts in content marketing, and we write for so many clients, but people are asking us a lot of times even interesting questions like, how long should this article be, etc. What should we talk about? And we always like to go back to that meaning in the content. You know what? Write as long as it's interesting. When your blog article is boring, please stop. (laughs) And I love what you said there. You know, the goal is to give clients what they want. And then that's what we should be focusing on with search engine optimization, with keywords, with with, with even the whole user experience as we're online. And that I can see why then you're involved in content marketing, because that same mentality, that mindset, you know, comes over into content. We're not writing content just to use these high ranked keywords so that we can be found. We want to be found 
by the people who are looking for us and who find it meaningful to read what it is that we're writing. So I love that interplay. And I've got to tell you, Stoney, I don't hear it with people who are in web and SEO very often. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a shame, but you know, the, the visitor has to come first. They have to be the most important thing um, because, you know, driving traffic to a website, that's easy, but there's no point if you're not getting the right people there and once they are there, they're not getting the information that they need to engage and, you know, become a customer or do whatever it is that you want them to do. Mm -hmm. So the traffic alone will get you so far, but you really need to make sure that once they land on your site, they said, yeah, this is it. This mm -hmm. is what I was looking for. Um, not just because, oh, yeah, this is what we're about, but because the content and the uh, conversion paths that you put in there, everything you know has a point. And I like to say every page needs to have a point, mm -hmm. and everything on that page needs to serve that point. Right. What you're trying to get the visitor to do next. Well, you just hit the nail on the head at the end of that saying, what are you trying to get the visitor to do next? Like, what is there a next action? So many times, even I get to a website that I am interested in, they did a good job of bringing me there and captivating me with what they're saying, but they're not telling me what I can do next to take the next step with this company or with this product, with the service, anything like that. So I love the idea that you're going to work with clients to build the website from the beginning because the website is there basically to be an additional salesperson really help them to the next step and even if that I'm not saying that it's all automated and the web does it or if that's bringing you next to a really meaningful conversation with someone on your team it yeah. can be totally personalized so this is interesting because I'm going to remind you now what you actually said in David <laughs> Reimer's content okay. but you mentioned and I, I'm sure I won't quote you exactly but yours was really short and I read it and I'm like yes okay this is a guy that my listeners would like to hear from because you had a different take on it. You said your prediction for 2017 was that Google was going to stop discounting tabs in terms of ranking and, and SEO. So do you want to elaborate on that a little bit for me? Sure. And I am so happy that you got value out of that. I did. <laughs> because when that post went live, I read everybody's response. I'm like, this is really good. This is really good. And I saw mine. I'm like, oh, because <laughs> that's all it was. It was one line. I'm like, that, that's all I had, really. Uh, well, you no, followed I, your rules. You said something that was uh, meaningful, and when you were done, you just stopped. And I, I appreciate <laughs> that about people. Well, good. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this is Google's looking algorithmically at mobile and desktop. And for years, SEOs were told, hey, you don't hide content. Um, and even still, recently, Google said, look, you know, any content that is hidden, hidden behind accordions or, you know, you got the read more type things where it's hiding content or displaying it. And we said, look, those are devalued. That text is devalued. So, and that's they've been their way of saying, don't do it. Give the visitor what they want. Don't hide content. And it's good advice. If it's good, you know, the content is there. You want the visitor to read it. If you don't want them to read it, don't put it there. And what's happened is mobile has come and kind of changed that dynamic to where the screen space is so limited you actually have to hide content and you have to make it available on demand. Um, or some, you know, Wikipedia is a great example on mobile. You see all the main headings and then you click one of them and it expands that piece of content. And with the mobile only or the mobile first algorithm, Google saying, hey, on mobile this isn't going to matter anymore. You can hide content on mobile. But they haven't said that about the desktop yet, and my belief is that they're just going to look and say, you know what, it's a design choice at this point. 
we're, we're beyond that phase of people trying to hide content. Right. You know, right. Uh, that was so long ago. Mm -hmm. But there is a legitimate purpose in displaying a little bit of content and hiding the rest, making it available when somebody needs it, but not if they don't. And I think Google will reach that point and say, look, yeah, we're not really discounting this anymore. All the content is there. As long as it, we, they can determine it's not being done for a nefarious purpose of, you know, tricking somebody. Right. Or keeping someone's household items until they pay them a ransom. Right. For example. For, <laughs> right. for example. Let, let's pull from our, our the beginning of our conversation. Um, right. Well, that I, I love what you said there. And I knew that I wanted you to elaborate on it. And I want to hear a little bit about how you keep up in the industry. But before we go there, I want to stay a little bit on your expertise because you did write this book and I'd like to know why did you just decide look I have to I just have to write this book because a book I mean it's a deal <laughs> it's yeah. a deal to do and a lot of us we're, we're busy we're trying to keep up you're running an agency I know that world I get it I'm in the middle of writing my book and so I have a lot of respect for the fact that you got that done so why was it imperative for you you think to actually put this down and really systematize your thinking on this? Well, I mean, it was a long process to get everything to the point where, hey, this is a book. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I had been collecting checklists for years and years and years, and I actually did put out a, a PDF version of, you know, maybe 400 points of the checklist, mm -hmm. and that was 2007, and come 2013, I'm like, I need to update this. Right. And so I sat down, I started updated and adding a little bit more, you know, it was just checklist and one, one line of explanation. I, you know, and I, I can get a little wordy and I started to write introductions and write longer explanations of what the points were. And I just reached a point and said, you know what, this is, this is not going to be a PDF. This is going to be a book and I, I'm just going to make it that because it has value. And, and one of the things that really struck me in this the update didn't require a whole lot of new information. I mean, a lot of technology has changed and new things like social media came on board and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the fundamentals, it didn't change a whole lot. And I realized I had something here. I had a book that kind of withstands the test of time. Right. Because it's not a, uh, a how-to book. A how-to book, man, that that can be out of date the moment it goes to print. Mm -hmm. um, this is a what-to-do book, <laughs> and that those the what-to-dos those stay pretty consistent. Now, not everything. There are some things that have to change, and there's new what-to-dos based on the new technologies coming on board. Um, but I really felt like this is important. Because I found myself always going, what do I need to do next? Right. And I needed a reference for myself. And I, I have a copy of the book sitting on my desk, and I do thumb through it all the time going, what do we need to do next? What am I forgetting? And it was just a great way to have everything right there as a reminder. Yeah, and you, you do write, I mean, you're a prolific blogger too, so you do write a lot of how-tos, but this is what-to. But I think what I appreciate from your perspective a little bit more is why-to. <laughs> you know, it, sometimes yeah. I think that is lost. Like, why are we doing what we're doing here, people? Can we start with that why in mind? And then that's what makes this list so much more helpful. So you're not, you find yourself at item number 250 and go, why was I doing this? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, and the why too is an important part of the book as well. Yeah. Yeah. I 
really, I really appreciate that side of it. So, well, you are a prolific blogger. So why don't you tell my audience a little bit about what you write about? You have a lot of followers. You do have some of those really interesting how to, and here's a couple of quick tips and tricks and things like that. What motivates you in your blogging? Uh, you know, I think <laughs> my motivation at this point in my life is the fact that I have a calendar to keep and I have a team <laughs> saying, your job is to write content now. But at the same time, I, I really enjoy writing a good, helpful piece of content. Mm -hmm. And there, I can't tell you how many times I will write something, I will hate it, I'll walk away, a week later I'll come back and I'm like, yeah, hey, that, that was actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you know, that was better than I thought it was. It was more helpful than I thought it was. Mm -hmm. And you just reach a point where you feel like you've said everything. Well, it's that, and I think we're so steeped in it because I have had that same experience. I'll write a blog that I think is so basic that I almost kill it, and I've learned now to give it to some people on my team and ask them, and they're always looking at me going, um, this is great, this particular one, I don't know why you would think to scrap it. I'm like, it's just so, it feels so basic, and they're like, yeah. no, this is not basic. Okay, so I put it out there, and inevitably, it'll be like the best one. It does better right. than the ones that I think are really meaningful and oh, this is so nuanced and so important. And, you know, I just I'm reminded again that a lot of times I think it is not only that I'm not trying to say that people are dumb and so basic is good. I think it's when something is so basic to us, sometimes we have a real ability to convey it in a powerful way that is, like you said, helpful. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not yeah. like written from ego, like I know how to do this better or, you know, there's no way you could have caught up with this. It's written from, look, this is what's helped me in the past. This is how I see it. This is a great way to put a big picture on what we're doing and the why behind what we're doing. And then we get into the how. So I appreciate that from you and other people I'm connected to in the same space that I hear the word you just said all the time, helpful. You're trying yeah. to write in a way that is helpful to everybody else. So any other thoughts about writing the book that you want to share or points that you feel like, oh, people don't really pull this one out. And this is this is my favorite point. Or <laughs> is there something like that that you really love talking about from your book? Oh, well, I, I just want somebody to turn it into a movie. OK, <laughs> who, who would play you? <laughs> oh, you know, who knows? I, I maybe uh, Sylvester Stallone, oh, probably okay. a bit old, but, you know. Uh, yeah, I got enough of that. Oh, wait. I'll go with Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper, yeah. Bradley Cooper. He's my man crush. Okay. Um, You're loud. That's fine. It's fine. I, my wife makes money for it all the time. Um, and I forget if there's one other one. But. Well, I tell you, if anybody's listening to this podcast, give us a review of the podcast. But instead of actually saying what you thought about what we said, can you just make a suggestion for Stoney? <laughs> just say, tell us like who should play him in the movie, The Best Damn Web Marketing Checklist, period. Oh, that <laughs> a would movie. be an movie right there, too, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Riveting, really. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about how do we keep up? You mentioned that this is a fast-paced environment. It is a lot of skills that have to constantly be honed, but it is moving fast. And you kind of glossed over it by saying, you know, and then all the social media stuff came on. You know, <laughs> OK, that added a lot of complexity to a lot of our lives. So how do you keep up? Do you are you more of a podcast person? Are you more of a book person? I know you go to a lot of conferences. What are some of your favorites in those mixes? Well, I, I do read books. I don't do podcasts and I have been ashamed to death about it. I, I just... <laughs> 
I, I'm more of a sit and read type person. I, I like skimming and scanning, and you know, books and blog posts allow you to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, find that information you want. And I'm saying this as somebody's fast forwarding me on the you know, podcast <laughs> here to get to the most important thing I'm going to say next. I just try and consume from whatever resources out there. Um, I have a feed that I look at all the blogs that I monitor, see what's new, see what I want to look at, see what I want to read. Um, but at this point, I rely heavily on my own team because they are heavily steeped in what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we've, I've got a social media strategist that she spends five hours a week on social media. I've got an SEO person who spends five hours a week learning SEO. Uh, I mean, you know, every every week, just yeah. finding something new, learning, educating themselves. So I rely heavily on them. Um, and we, we bat things back and forth. They ask me questions. Hey, what do you think of this? And, you know, I've got my opinions and it might differ from what somebody else. And, you know, I find that as time goes on, my opinions that I have sometimes change and sometimes they don't. You go to conferences, you kind of get confirmation of some things or you learn something new. Um, so it's mostly by immersion. Right. You know, and, and that's kind of how you have to be in this industry. Is you just have to be immersed in it. And I, I feel sorry for anybody who is trying to do more than one thing in digital marketing at a time. You know, <laughs> so as I'm your SEO and your PPC strategist, I feel bad for them because I don't know how you could keep up. To, but you, so elaborate on that on a little bit, because it's my understanding that you really do a lot of SEO and PPC for clients. Um, I mean, I, I do. Um, well, no. <laughs> my, <laughs> my employees do. My company does. My employees do. They, and, you know, when we are working on an account, everybody works on the account. We don't have any jack-of-all-trades. Okay. Um, and my job is just to look at what they're doing, make sure what they're doing makes sense, make sure it's adding value to the client and we're going in the right direction. So I do learn from them. Again, that's, that's being immersed in it. Um, when, I'm, when I'm talking to clients, um, I will make sure that they're a part of the conversation and I'm a part of the conversation. So I'm learning as the client learns and I'm learning and I'm sharing and, and they're learning from me. I mean, it's right. just... We all just kind of come together and we all learn things from everybody as we work on the same accounts together. Well, I'm glad I clarified that. You do many different things for clients. It's just that you you have a team approach and so you have experts in particular areas of digital online presence. Yeah. Okay. All right. How many people are on your team, Stoney? Well, I think eight of us right eight. now. Eight. Who is it that you're not sure of? <laughs> uh, well, you know, you got some subcontractors yeah. and they, they come and go, so I don't know what to count them as half people, or mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's yeah eight or nine of us at any given time. Cool, cool. And so your main role then at this point is really that interface to the client, being you're you're a selling president and you're handling the content and really keeping that brand in check and, and staying in touch with the market. Is that right? Yeah, I mean my primary job is as um, overall strategist for developing what needs to be done for the clients and then assigning that to the team, letting them do their thing, filtering it back to me, 
looking over it, making sure it makes sense, mm -hmm. and then being the liaison with the client. So project manager. Project That's manager. That's the word I was looking for. Project well, manager, so client, yeah, client manager in there. So um, you do have great blogs. I do follow you on LinkedIn. So uh, where else can uh, my listeners find you? Because, you know, now they have to figure out who can play you in the movie. So they need to see a picture of you. They need to go to your website. So right. give them some info and also tee us up a little bit about the book, where we can find it and just why, who, who should buy this book? Well, that's a lot of questions. Yeah, Bible. it's the stony shameless plug moment right here. <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay. All right, so for starters, I already lost track. Where, it was where you LinkedIn. Find I follow yeah. you on LinkedIn, so LinkedIn. you've got a lot of great right. blogs out there. Yeah, my blog is at fullpositionmarketing.com slash EMP. Um, EMP for eMarketing Performance, which is what we call our blog. So that's where I post the most. I also guest post at places like Search Engine Journal, um, Search Engine Land, Marketing Land. Uh, so those are the places to go to read uh, what I write, but if you follow my blog, you'll get links to everything that I write, wherever it goes, um, it'll be out there. I'm also on Twitter, um, at StoneyD. Uh, I don't do Twitter a lot, but I have people who do Twitter for me. So, <laughs> And if there's something there, I'll, I'll engage, I'll, I'll respond. Um, as far as um, the book. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm actually working on an update. Um, this version, the version that's out now came out in late 2014, and we're doing an update now. We added a couple checklists, and we you know, updated some of the other things. So a fresh version should be coming out, I'm going to say hopefully for the next two months. Um, but as the process of publishing books goes, that tends to be a lot longer than we ever think. Uh, but there will be a new version coming out. Um, again, it's not terribly different from the one that's out now. So there, there's that. You can get the one that's out now or wait for the update. So you speak a lot, Stoney. Is, is there something that's kind of that sometimes those come in rashes? So do you have something, an event that you'll be at that you're really looking forward to in 2017? Oh, wow. I don't know. What is on my calendar right now? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, and it's often the fact that I don't know until about a week before. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I've got all the presentations, and I, I was just at Affiliate Summit last last week, um, mm -hmm. and that was in Las Vegas. And people are like, "Oh, what are you speaking on?" And they stumped me. I'm like, I the the presentation was done so long ago. <laughs> I don't know. You need to ask someone else, but I'll I be there. Really, I really forgot what yeah. it was. Um, yeah. And yeah, I don't know what uh, what I have on my calendar going forward. That this things come up within a few months' time, and I, I do enjoy speaking. I, I take almost every opportunity I can get, provided it works with my schedule and all that. So it is one of the the things I enjoy most about. Awesome. Well, Stoney, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. Um, guys, you heard it here first. You can decide who's going to get to feature in this film. So check him out online. Stoney DeGuider, I'm going to spell that for you. S-T-O-N-E-Y. And DeGuider is D-E-G-E-Y-T-E-R. So check him out. Start reading the blogs. And if you have any more specific questions about search engine optimization and PPC and all of these great organic SEO questions, where can they reach you directly? What's your what's your favorite way for them to reach you? Uh, you know, you can email me, stony at com. 
that's probably the best way. Awesome. Okay, well, thank you so much, Stoney. And listeners, if you have questions along that line, be sure to send them to us. And like we said, we'd love to have a rating out on iTunes. It is the currency if we are providing value to your day in and day out. And any suggestions you have about an upcoming interview that you'd like for me to do, someone you're dying to hear from, please let me know. And be sure to let Stoney know how much you like this podcast and everything that he had to bring to the table to us. So thanks, Stoney. And this is Priscilla from Little Bird Marketing saying, have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.